If they do decide to buy it, which one do they pick? They can't necessarily develop it. They don't have time. They don't know how. So we are, again, trying to give users who are interested in this area a way that they can still get on board. Hey, what's going on? I hope you are well. So on this week's episode of the Welcome to the Metaverse podcast, we're chatting to Dominic Ryder, CEO of V Empire. Now, V Empire are really a whole ecosystem who are setting out to increase access uh, to ownership in the metaverse. They have various pillars as part of what they do, uh, one being metaverse events. And I recently DJed in the sandbox at one of those events, which was a lot of fun. I will say this is quite an advanced episode. We talk in depth about their DAO and some uh, DeFi, decentralized finance concepts. So if this is the first episode you've landed on, uh, you may benefit from starting at the beginning, which is episode two, uh, but great to have you on board with the show. Really enjoyed this episode, a fascinating look into how decentralized communities are coming together uh, to take ownership of some of the future of this space. This show is, of course, sponsored by the brilliant Every Realm, who are bringing you the first ever esports championship live from the metaverse, a pretty iconic moment in this space. Uh, Every Realm have teamed up with major Brazilian esports organization, MIBR, to bring you a VIP experience like no other for the CSGO Major, which is happening live in Rio, Brazil, up until the 13th of November. I'll tell you a bit more about that alongside the details of the VIP package later in the show, uh, but all the links are, of course, in the show notes, and you can visit MIBR Arena arena.gg their discord for more and as always nothing in this podcast is financial or investment advice in any way and shouldn't be considered as such Uh, it's for informational purposes only and with that said let's dive into this week's episode dom great to have you on the podcast thank you very much for for coming on thank you for having me course yeah so i kind of first got introduced to you guys i'd seen you a little bit before but then you asked me to to come and dj one of your events in the metaverse in the sandbox which we'll talk about properly a little bit later but uh that was very fun i had a good time so thank you for that that was uh, cool to Welcome. see and a cool event that we'll dive into but yeah let's let's kind of get into what you're doing at the empire because uh, it's fascinating for for a number of reasons i think you're kind of you know using web3 in the core way it's meant to right you're kind of giving the average person a chance to own and participate in the future of this internet in the future of the metaverse that we're all we're talking about and that's being built at the moment so we'll break it down simply what you do to help people kind of understand and then maybe we'll dive in a little bit deeper for some of your kind of more dedicated followers who might be listening as well and and members of your DAO and and everything going on there so maybe you could start just summarize in your own words what the empire is and what you would say it's kind of setting out to do yeah uh well simply explaining the empire is always uh, always a struggle uh, <laughs> because we have a lot of uh, a lot of different elements to us but the way that i try and encapsulate it uh is oh i don't get to use that word often it's, it's a great word yeah yeah, it's it's a good start, yeah. <laughs> so i describe us as like a layer two metaverse and gaming protocol being that we don't have a metaverse ourselves, but we do allow for metaverse token staking um gaming we don't have just any one game we have one on platform we also build them out in the sandbox, which uh, obviously you well know and already spoke about. And we also have, as I mentioned before, the staking pools itself, which is quite a uh, DeFi element common in those sort of protocols as well. So I always build us as sort of a um, step above being that we are providing services around all of these sort of things. Uh, so we develop all of our lands that we do purchase. I was very, very hesitant at just becoming known as and having the empire known as a, a land baron that just sort of bought all of these plots and never did anything with them. 
because if you talk to like uh, Sebastian from Sandbox uh, or anyone at Decentraland and you ask them their pet peeve with metaverses is that people are just buying to speculate and then nobody actually builds out these experiences so as you said before about sort of um, web free and, and doing it all as it's intended we are if I say so myself great for all parties in that users are able to stake the tokens that they'd otherwise be holding on exchanges or in their wallets so they earn both them and the actual token they stake we're great for metaverses because we use the token people stake for their intended purpose I often say this and it sounds like it's a uh, dig of like sand or like mana uh, mana being Decentraland's token but it's not it's just a common fact it's like if you take the euro out of Europe it doesn't have utility if you take mana out of Decentraland it doesn't have utility sand out sandbox it doesn't have utility which is fine because they are in world or in nation currencies so we give these tokens something outside of the actual games itself because we use them in the game so people 99% of people who hold mana or sand they've never stepped foot in the sandbox I can guarantee that and that's no slant it's just uh, you know there's a lot of speculators in this market so rather than those 99% just not using it for its utility they stake it with us they earn yield for doing so and we actually use it as it's intended and purposed to be used so we're good for the protocols we have the staking pools for we're good for users who have the added utility and the uh, yields and obviously it's all good event holders because it brings more and more assets under under the DAO. cool yeah okay and i'd love to dive into the staking a little bit more and how it works as we go through we'll kind of break down all of your pillars if you want to call them that the different things you do really simply so people can kind of understand exactly uh, yeah what what you do here and staking it is is certainly a big part of that it would be interesting to hear as well how it all started because i know you were very early on you know buying metaverse land and stuff and that's that's a, that's a good thing to be in that space early as well so yeah maybe you could just kind of tell us the sort of beginnings of this how did it start and and how were you able to build what we'll talk about next I always uh, mention that. Always a, a badge of honor that we launched our token before Facebook rebranded. I always managed to sneak that in uh, because, yeah, unfortunately, as what happens in crypto so frequently, there's always a, well, funnily enough, a word for it, there's always a meta, as in like there is always a hype, a trend. For example, right now, you've got tons and tons of like tokens being launched about World Cup in stuff like that. For the metaverse, it was like food-based swaps, every other dog Inu, every single token Inu or memes etc so there's always like a narrative that runs and so uh yeah i do take that as a, a very much badge of honor that we started metaverse before it was cool <laughs> but yeah uh so i started out myself as a uh back when i was 18 19 what was supposed to be a gap year from going to uni as a stockbroker and uh junior broker so like commission only 250 cold calls a day just proper as you imagine that environment to be basically and i did well in that always liked fast-paced gambling environments i guess uh it's what i crypto now so i was then trading derivatives at firm and i uh, did well i ran the desk there eventually and i moved to st james's place wealth management which is a FTSE 100 wealth manager here in the uk so i was associate partner there and then i moved to venture capital where our firm was in the boring end we weren't looking for like facebook google amazon we were looking at asset-backed businesses so businesses that had properties like care homes uh, pubs hotels restaurants children's nurseries boring stuff but it had a level of capital preservation because if the business went under well you still got property so that's i guess what i like to bill as the transition you know as related as that could be in the there was a gap in the market where most tokens were just code but metaverses albeit they have virtual assets and nfts there is 
a element of asset backing. So that was, I guess, the transition. So I started and incorporated the company June 2021. So yeah, uh, launched token 31st of August 2021. So uh, yeah, we're getting up to 18 months, which yeah makes us a makes us like a crypto grandfather now, literally. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That's no, good to hear that you had seen that vision before it kicked off and, and the metaverse became the word that it is now. And the, yeah, everything that kind of happened since then. So you started yeah at that time and did you raise the funds from the concept and the idea and then go out and purchase that land? Is that how it started or was there some kind of backing before that? Just out of interest in, in how it kind of kicked off? Yeah. So initially my plan was to always try and bootstrap and uh, not fundraise any privately. So I wasn't actually t- planning on taking any private investment. So we were a uh, incubated launch with Unicrypt. Unicrypt is like a decentralized launch pad. So anyone can launch a token, but if you're incubated, it basically means that you're like their special project. So they're like sort of backing you, not with money, but with like, they're putting their name behind you basically. And they introduced us to an exchange called MEXC Global, which are a big exchange, um, you know, top 20, top 10 arguably. And they loved the white paper. They loved the concept. And so they said, can we invest? Uh, so they wanted to invest 100K. And even though I planned to not any funds obviously if someone waves it under your nose and it's quite hard to uh, say no to so in the end we still only rate I, I say only obviously 300 and, and a bit thousand obviously it's a lot of money but for a startup in the bull run of crypto is nothing so now due to that we're in a great position that less than half a percent of rent supply is actually owned by VCs so it's all community owned or team and in 31st of March all of it will be out as invested for all of our private investors. So yeah, it was very much uh, community-led, I guess because my background was in VC, but in my old VC, if it went badly, we took their assets. <laughs> that probably muddied my view a bit of wanting to get VC backing. Obviously, it's a bit different in crypto because you're not taking charge of anyone's property, but I guess that's why I wanted to keep it in the community, which had its drawbacks, had its uh, benefits, but the main benefit being that we don't have what's plagued protocols in the bear market. VCs who invested like at a heavy discount and then basically see the charts and you can see where happened not that anything looks particularly pretty at the moment but yeah we've benefited a lot from that and it's great to have so much owned by the community and not have to worry about that yeah and that's uh yeah that makes a lot of sense that's that's cool and that's kind of the ethos of this whole space which which is cool this show is brought to you by every realm who are your portal to the metaverse and in a world's first every realm have teamed up with major brazilian esports organization mibr to bring you a full vip experience of the 2022 csgo major happening in rio brazil until the 13th of november It's free to check out inside virtual world portals, but the VIP pass gives you special access and major benefits, including access to the VIP lounge, digital wearables by Ready Player Me and exclusive physical merch, access to EveryRealm's upcoming gaming platform, and of course, you get to watch the competition live. Head to mibrarena.gg for more info, and I've linked all the details in the show notes so you can read a bit more about the event itself and the whole metaverse experience too. It's a pretty iconic moment in this space and one that you definitely don't want to miss. Uh, and now it's back to the show so yeah let's dive into these kind of pillars that we mentioned so obviously the the DAO is super important and it's kind of a core of the whole ecosystem you've built a reminder for anyone we've done in that whole episode on explaining and breaking down exactly what a DAO a decentralized autonomous organization is so if you're very new maybe jump back to episode first but yeah in your case like most DAOs a kind of group of people who can share assets on the blockchain and use their tokens to help vote on decisions and be part of the future of what you're building you enable that with governance but you have a key difference with your DAO your community your people 
people who are involved with these decisions. Uh, you've named it a DDAO, uh, Democratic Decentralized Autonomous Organization, which is a lot of big words, but it makes sense in this context. But maybe you can explain the, the sort of key difference here because there, there is a nuance here that other people haven't done. So I'd be interested to hear you explain that. Yeah, yeah it's uh, most people just uh, tell you what, a lot of people. And I think if you if you go onto uh, the Sandbox website right now, you can see that they have the Empire DAO. And they must have thought that when we sent over like the Empire DDAO, you must have it's just a typo. They've just haven't done <laughs> One too many Ds, and a lot of people do, uh, but it does actually stand for something. But yeah, and also people don't know whether, whether to say DDAO or like DAO or DDAO. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it is actually there. So, one thing that I noticed, and it keeps getting proved time and time again, I think there was like this this hack on like Solano on uh, Mango, I think it was, where the attacker stole the funds by basically using the stolen funds from like the protocol to vote yes to his own proposition which was to like steal more funds so where you have token weighted voting i think even vitalik talks about this it's not necessarily the best outcomes because it leaves it vulnerable to exploitation by whoever has the most money so with a democratic decentralized autonomous organization i was like an end there so that's so quickly so essentially it's one vote per wallet above a set minimum so i mean it causes like like i said not not just the fact that you know people say is it a spelling mistake people say well it's not properly democratic because there's a set minimum but obviously you can't just have no minimum because then you get cyber attacks where people create tons and tons of wallets and they just try and sway the outcome so you have to have a minimum to at least make it very, very expensive for somebody to try and manipulate the voting. Because if you have, you know, let's say a thousand dollar minimum, you know, if somebody wanted to sway the vote, you know, they'd have to pay a hundred grand to do so for a hundred votes, etc. Uh, and it goes up. So there's a line. The other ways that you can potentially do it is by uh, issuing NFTs. It's a new innovation, you know. Uh, the DAO itself is new. So to think that, you know, they've got it cracked after like one try uh, would be naive. Uh, eventually, there will be innovations on the original concept, which is what we've tried to do. Ours may not be the end correct one because, you know, it does have drawbacks of you still need a set minimum, etc. So just trying to make it more, well, democratic, essentially. But it's very annoying having the two Ds. Yes, yeah, no, that's, that's all good. Yeah, and so, and so yes, you have a minimum minimum amount of tokens that, that you need to be able to cast a vote, which stops kind of what you were talking about, those, those problems. Yeah, it's an interesting concept and um, it's very cool. From like a slightly higher level, you, you have the, a good line on your website that says the DDAO provides a way for the Empire community to buy the metaversal haystack rather than trying to find the needle. So maybe you could just explain that line for us for you know people who, who maybe aren't part of the Empire yet. It gives them a chance to participate without having to buy land in I would, I would guess. Yeah. So yeah, about lowering the barrier to entry, because by staking onto our platform, and in fact, by owning um, the VEMP token at all, 10 to 20% of the profits from every single metaverse pool, so Mana, Sand, Stahl, uh, previously AXX, AXS, I should say, ApeCoin, uh, we also have the generalist pools, which are like, you know, much more broad and cover much more earlier stage projects. They're all held within our Ethereum structure strategy and our BNB strategy, so layer ones. So effectively by buying them, staking it, you benefit from profits from every single one of those strategies, as well as the hundreds of NFT protocols. Like we've even got like one of the top 250 rarest board apes is held in our Ethereum strategy. We've got that for like 62 and a half ETH, like ones that that rarity have been sold for like 500 ETH before back when it was worth like three times what it is now. So effectively it gives you liquid exposure to illiquid assets. 
because land already in the metaverse is at one point anyway uh, I wouldn't say that it necessarily is now but it was like five figures for a piece of land and a lot of people don't even have five figures in their whole crypto portfolio let alone in one illiquid asset if they do decide to buy it which one do they pick they can't necessarily develop it they don't have time they don't know how so we are again trying to give users who are interested in this area a way that they can still get on board without having to take on the additional risks of holding illiquid assets having to develop them so then gives them a way to earn from the metaverse without having to get fully involved uh, and fully concentrated within singular protocols because you know if you want to own land in sandbox and decentraland let alone all the other ones like you're already talking 20k and what do you want to own the tokens as well like there's not a lot of options for fractionalized ownership and people don't necessarily like fractionalized ownership because there's a lot of fun around it about you know if somebody issues a board eight and then splits it into a thousand is that now security because it's a collective investment so again this is a way to get rid of you know that side of it fractionalizing nfts you don't need to do that but by buying back and burning our token with the profits from all of our metaverse assets then you still get the benefit and the exposure from everything that's below the hood basically mm, yeah no, that's that's interesting it's um yeah something um, very different and maybe you could talk about just a sort of final word on on the dow maybe you could give some examples of maybe some proposals that have been voted for that people have kind of been active and participated in and how that's kind of shaped the future of what you're doing is there any examples that spring to mind funnily enough there's there's, there's one of uh, people voting for the future and then people voting to undo the future <laughs> because we wanted to launch a stable coin pool because bear market was hitting we were very aware that when that happens and people don't know what to do with their tokens then they'll just tether them or USDC, die them, BUSD them, etc. So the original vote was firstly, what chain do we launch a stablecoin on and which stablecoin do we launch? So Binance Smart Chain was voted in as a chain and then USDC was voted as a token. Then we had the uh, Tornado Cash sanctions and USDC and Circle, the issuers, they blacklisted any wallet that had like ever interacted with Tornado Cash, no matter whether they'd done good or bad or whatever. So then we voted again to change USDC to BUSD. So there's a certain element of I think one thing that people it's like easy easy FUD like you know oh you're a DAO but you pick the investments um, that the funds go into so it's not decentralized but I think people think that you either have to be you have to start completely decentralized or nothing and I think that that is a uh, obtuse way of looking at it as another word for it's like <laughs> playing bingo Quite the get, me a, get a scrabble ball out um, <laughs> but yeah uh, people think that you need to you can build towards full decentralization you don't need to start with it and that's sort of what we're doing really so at first the DAO could vote for changes in like the overall contracts then we opened it up to just you know any old opinion um you know anyone put proposal down to you know anything that was just like should we look at something more abcd etc so that's the the eventual outcome will be that the empire let's say the empire ventures the you know as buying selling property lands tokens will be separate and the DAO will eventually vote for a manager every year so the DAO will decide who it is that is making those decisions that way people aren't stuck with us like uh, let's say I was luckily my background is in investments and trading but if I was just some random bloke who's in crypto because I got lucky and traded a few shit coins then people might not want me in the future managing or if you had like this old fund manager this guy called Neil Woodford for example he used to be a great fund manager back in the day and then he started doing really 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 badly and 
And uh, in the end, his fund got shut down. But in that sort of situation with the Dow, you would want to be able to boot him out. And that's the same with us. Obviously, we'd love them to keep us on, but eventually they should have control over who it is, you know, effectively managing their state funds. So that's what we're building towards. But you can't just start from day one with all of that infrastructure and all of that done. Because obviously, you know, you're purchasing illiquid assets and you can't go to the table. It's like, uh, you know, having a property fund, but expecting the manager to start out with like a massive portfolio of properties they've already bought. Um, you know, you need to raise the capital from somewhere first, buy the properties, get the portfolio mature. And then after that, you can sort of take stock and see, okay, are we doing the right strategy moving forward? Do we want different managers, et cetera, et cetera. So I think, yeah, building towards full decentralization is the end goal. But I think people are a little bit picky about what that means, basically. Yeah, I mean, these, you know, you're building something that hasn't been done before. So it's like, yes, all the kind of theory can be there, but it has to, has to be built out to now. I mean, you have to see how that turns out and give people the control at the right time and all, and all those kinds of things. So it's, it's interesting to, to watch it happen in real time, for sure. All right, we'll pick back up on, on kind of the staking um, in a little bit, I think, but maybe we just go through uh, some of some of the other things that are part of the ecosystem that, that you're doing, which I think are very cool. So we, we mentioned at the top around Metaverse events, and uh, you had this great whole day event, part of which was a party in the sandbox, which I DJ'd, and uh, it was awesome. It looked, it looked amazing. People came, big, fun, social event, and that's, you know, an early sign of what, of what is going to be great about the Metaverse, right? Getting people together in a Discord-style scenario, but actually uh, in an immersive world, as, as we're all kind of looking towards. Um, and you're kind of pioneering these parties, which, which is cool. Maybe you could tell us a little bit more about that day and how you see the future of social events like this you know at this stage in the metaverse and what you'd maybe like them to uh, to become as well yeah there's always a somewhat as we struggled a bit when we were trying to get everything to sync up for example i never managed to get into the sandbox right okay <laughs> like, all, all of my all of, all of my team uh, and you were in there um, but I was like trying to do like too many things at once because I was presenting with the Crypto King, which is uh, Ian Hainish, B-Root, Sander and Jake again. And we were doing a Twitter show at the time. And so I was on that show and I was like on my laptop, like in my ear, like trying to log into all of these things. And then at this point, Sandbox are still working on a full streaming link up as well. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's uh, the positives and negatives of being early into an industry is that you're able to be a pioneer, but you also get everything annoying that comes with that trying to work out these things so yeah we're doing more of them i think we're, the next one we're going to do in decentraland but we're very close with with sandbox hence why yeah in their alpha also with like uh sandstorm who also co-hosted their another sort of sandbox mainly based uh podcast as well so it's definitely on the uh on the cards to be doing more of these it's just about yeah sort of working with the limitations that we have of trying to sync up discord twitter sandbox uh, i think so tentative dates that i've been given by sandbox always with lots and lots and lots of risk warnings and delays might be but I think they're trying to aim for around February to get like full streaming integration and music etc into the actual experiences themselves but again usual caveats um, of everything else but yeah we are very much wanting to do as many as possible but we're just trying to work out the kinks basically and try and yeah figure out where we can host these things and have good impact because yeah it certainly makes it much more improv than you would hosting a uh, normal party yeah it was cool to see uh, yeah there's obviously the beginnings of this stuff and uh, we had to figure out how to get audio through discord and whatever if anyone has that 
just let me know because we uh, we finally cracked it. But yeah, but it's cool, cool to be a part of it and uh, cool to see that that grow. It'll be exciting to kind of look back in, in a year or so and see see where we're at with all of that. So uh, yeah, that's that's kind of one part of your ecosystem. Let's talk about the gaming guild as well. We have um, dedicated another episode to gaming guilds. So you know the the broad concept of really that you can get a load of players together and pool assets and then in the same way as as you're not having to necessarily invest in illiquid gaming assets as one person, you can kind of share these resources, maybe rent them and then do a kind of revenue split in the game so what you earn in the game part goes back to the guild and part you you keep as well so yeah maybe you could just sort of tell us about that at the gaming guilds in the context of uh, the empire yeah so it's uh, again there's so many different games out there and a lot of them like uh, for example um, Axie where we had the predominant amount of our scholars playing the game the price of SLP which is like the in-game currency of Axie Infinity of um, Lunacia which is the world in Axie yeah you're more of uh, a gaming and uh, metaverse uh, uh, listeners will, uh, will have known that one have you ever done a pop quiz you should do a pop quiz I should do a pop quiz no that's a <laughs> shout yeah. yeah but yeah um, essentially you had the two token model and um, I mean you know again talking about pioneers and innovation they were the very first mainstream as mainstream as crypto is in crypto gaming they were about as mainstream as you come in terms of play to earn but because you know, they are pioneers in this industry. The in-game economy may not have got appropriate attention or, you know, I don't know. I know Jeff, Jeff Zerlin, Jiho, the, the founder, but I don't know his, his background. And if it wasn't one in economics, then, you know, they may not have uh, designed the in-game economy with enough like, uh, you know, buys versus sells and, you know, everything that comes with an economy. So because of that, price of SLP dropped where our scholars, where they would be playing it all day, every day, because it was earning them more than their real jobs in some countries, the incentive to play it wasn't necessarily there. And the graphics in the game hadn't been built up enough to make it so that the game was like fun enough just on its own without the additional incentive of earning money to play. So we had to shut our AXS staking pool down just for the meanwhile because uh, the scholars just weren't weren't interested in playing. Um, but there's more games, there's more things to do. So at the moment we're playing a lot of Big Time, which is a they don't have a token, but they do have a closed alpha testing game. So we've got our scholars to basically well in game and testing it, and they will earn NFTs whilst doing it, like in game skins. They can sell those on the marketplace, etc. So there's multiple other games, but yeah, Axie is the very well known one in terms of like pay to earn models and scholarships but yeah essentially different guilds do different revenue models but we do um, 70 percent of the earnings are go to the scholar to the player we give them the axes or, or any other asset uh, and then they earn the money and play the game with those they keep 70 we keep 30 percent we did used to distribute that back to the dow um, but yeah after it got sort of unprofitable well not unprofitable because obviously it was uh, all top line but if we incentivize people to stake tokens then we have to send a certain amount of them to those pools which means that there's a certain inflationary element to our own token to justify because if you give people rewards some of them will sell those rewards that's sort of the problem that they actually had themselves with slp so for our own economy it wasn't making sense anymore so we had to discontinue i mean the great thing is that we can bring it back anytime all we need to do is stick it back on the front end send more them to it off we go but at the moment it isn't as possible but we've got our scholars playing other games uh world of d fish is one uh wod it's that token uh, we've also got abogachi very very popular um still lots of different ways to earn in that one and yeah big time as i already 
said, Big Time don't have that token yet, but hopefully they will. It'll be a good one. And that one's very bullish in terms of people behind it and uh, investors. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they've got uh, pretty stellar talent, I think, working on it as well, haven't they, from some, some big gaming studios as well, which is cool. All right. And yes, let's um, also cover, whilst we, we covered the Gaming Guild there, and then you also have sort of an element that is your own games, right? You have your kind of ancient Rome-themed digital trading card game, The Empire, which is a fun mechanic and another thing that you do inside your ecosystem. So uh, what kind of made you create that and how is it sort of beneficial to to your members as well? So, yeah, we're, we're currently, um, we've got the uh, current sort of two-dimensional uh, trading card game out at just, yeah, play.the-empire.io. We are revamping that at the moment. So we're going to try and, uh, yeah, get everything like fully animated, 3D, and, yeah, massively upgrade the things there. But essentially, it's just a fun way for the community to compete. We have both a free play option as well as a play to earn option. So users will essentially stake their vent, which in return, they get excess vent, which is just a one-for-one transferable token. They'll then pick a risk rating. So uh, 50, 25, or 10, go up against another player. 20%, uh, no, 10%, sorry, uh, will go to the DAO and you'll have the rest of it go to the winner. So it's a zero-sum game in the fact the DAO will get a certain amount of every single game, win or lose. The DAO will always get a certain slice. But the way that it's worked with the NFTs is that we didn't want it to be pay to win. So just uh, whoever owns the most NFTs is like guaranteed to win against other players. So the cards have a certain boost dependent on the rarity. So you have common, rare, uh, and unique, and those will have plus one boost to the overall strength. Common, plus two for rare, plus three for unique. But it doesn't necessarily mean much saying it here, but on the mechanics of the actual game, essentially it's one on ground based on strength. So the plus one is to the overall strength score, which will range from like one to 10. So the boost is enough that long-term players with the NFTs will probably come out on top, but it's not enough of a per game boost that they'll be guaranteed to win so effectively what i like to relate it to is with blackjack the house has like 51 or 52 percent chance of winning so it's not enough to make people think oh great it's an nft player i'm gonna lose it won't do that at all a skilled player will always be a non-skilled player no matter if they have nfts or if they don't but over time the nft owners will manage to get probably a majority over a long extended period so effectively the nfts make you the, the house in the game Mm, interesting okay cool and uh, and you're thinking about building out more games there's something coming in the sandbox right in some of the the land that you own there uh, another rome themes game which is kind of the theme of, of your creation yeah yeah we got lots um like uh for example the current one in the sandbox is uh the empire seven wonders statue of zeus so we've got all of the other seven um so we got another six uh so the landscapes are done uh it's just yeah the actual quests and the gamification on those hasn't yet been done so what's in the sandbox now is a two by two so that is part of the seven wonders which is a six by six estate so that is a four parcel rather than uh, the 36 parcel which is the full seven wonders which has both uh, all of the seven wonders as well as in the middle the empire residence club which users will eventually be able to mint their own the empire like villa so that they can have their own little villa or house in the middle of the seven wonders on the v empire six by six that's not too confusing but yeah we also have uh, ancient rome built as a three by three and as well as that we've got another five three by threes that we haven't yet built out so we've got plenty more to develop we need ideas to be honest so uh any of the community uh watching or listening feel free to jump into our socials and uh give us some ideas 
ideas because yeah uh, we've got a lot to think about nice yeah well, that's, a, that's a good shout for sure um, uh, yeah sure sure people have have ideas for that no doubt all right and yeah the, the other sort of pillar I just wanted to cover quickly as well is um, you also have this kind of ventures incubator type part as well for, for people who are building in the kind of game fi nft metaverse sectors which is great because there's not loads of support necessarily and especially in a world where we're trying to open it up to everybody and, and kind of get rid of those you know gatekeepers really for people who've got great ideas and want to build in this in this space it's cool that you're supporting that so i wondered if you could just kind of tell us about that and, and maybe if you had any advice for people wanting to apply through your incubator when it reopens if, if that's right and um, yeah how, how does that kind of work yeah well I wouldn't say it's necessarily uh, closed it's just uh, it's more that we are revamping our website and because of that we haven't yet got its own page but it will have one honestly anyone who has a good idea by all means like that is one the one thing that's lacking in crypto is originality and good ideas with no infrastructure are much better than infrastructure and another copy and paste Axie Infinity like by all means like entrepreneurial spirit is something consistently lacking within crypto in my opinion there's a lot of ideas floating about there's a lot of money floating about from people who've in a bull market managed to raise funds based on just copy pasta uh, which is the, the general term um so by all means, great ideas with no infrastructure are even more welcome than copy and paste ideas like another Axie Infinity or like another uh, pancake swap. But, you know, after Facebook rebranded and why I always you know say we were before that is because it brought about like, oh, another metaverse. Like people ended up, and I know this because I, I advise like 10 to 15 um, protocols and, you know, more games. And I know their struggle now because everybody got sick of games and metaverses because it got onto that trend it's like all of this like quantity just lowers the quality and so people get stunned again Axie Infinity the two token model of AXS and SLP now if you present a two token model to a VC they're not interested even though a good economy is a good economy one token two tokens three four that doesn't have any impact whatsoever if the economy is designed well it doesn't matter how many tokens there are but people relate two tokens Axie Infinity inflation not interested uh, and it happened with games and metaverse as well unfortunately people reap the benefits of it because it obviously you know brings attention brings investment that's really good long term but it also lowers quality so by all means good ideas are much much more needed than we've actually got something that's beginning to get built out on infrastructure so yeah by all means get in touch on our socials soon i hope we should have our new website out by the end of this week or next week uh, not sure when this is going out but yeah should be should be very soon and then yeah please do uh, do apply if you've got an idea yeah more than happy to uh, to have a chat nice that's good that's great for people to hear and yeah i may well be doing that doing that myself as well it's um yeah it's good to to find those connections that people can uh, send something to and and start to discuss it a bit more and, and maybe that could be a great thing um so the last thing i wanted to kind of cover in, in your whole ecosystem which we've mentioned throughout is it's just kind of staking mechanism and just on a quite simple level helping people understand how that works and how it's possible that they can take currencies from other worlds like sand like mana and earn a return on that i think um you know throughout the last sort of 12 months we've seen a lot of that and a lot of promises from other places that haven't been field and stuff so it'd be great just to kind of hear about um, how your ecosystem works with, with staking and um, yeah kind of just help people understand what's what's going on there it would be cool to hear yeah so essentially um the best way to like give it a real world example is like a uh, real estate 
portfolio. Uh, you know, if uh, you were in a, a property fund, for example, you know, people contribute and then the property manager uh, goes out and they, some of the properties, they will buy low, sell high. Uh, some they will rent out and, you know, keep a yield coming in as income to the fund. So I'd say that in a similar way, the tokens that are staked with us, we use around, originally it was using uh, 70 to 60% of them and keeping the rest in cash. Cash, obviously, in this circumstance, being the token stake. Because if you have been around and seen, like, for example, uh, when we had Brexit or COVID, you'll uh, know that as soon as you have these like black swan events, property funds will usually gate to withdrawals. That's not something that we ever wanted to do. And the reason they had to do that is because they hold so little cash because obviously the more you have invested the more returns because you don't have like cash drag on the portfolio so we didn't want to do that so we kept 30 to 40 percent then when the bear market hit we increased that even more to 40 to 50 percent because people care much more about liquid accessibility in crypto than they do necessarily about you know crypto returns when it's all going well or pretty good anyway that people aren't really too worried they much prefer to have access to their tokens so essentially users will stake those tokens we use them for their intended purpose. We buy land, we develop land. Some of it we buy low, sell high, but our preference is always where possible to uh, use the tokens for their intended purpose, play games, uh, play and use the tokens as they were intended. And if the game or the metaverse is good, then it should be enough for us to be able to do that. If we have to buy low, sell high to redistribute a secondary yield, it's usually a sign that there's something a bit wrong in the game economy. Because if you're having to churn properties to give returns, then it's usually an indication there isn't enough gamification or anything like that to uh, earn yield in a, in a more sustainable way. So essentially, yeah, I'd say that that's the easiest real world sort of uh, example would be like a, like a property fund. But with ours, because we give dual yield, both them to incentivize people to stake the tokens and then profit in the token itself that we earn from the games or the metaverse, we allow for people to compound their interest. Why our hashtag is compound them. But yeah, so the vent return, users can earn vent for staking mana. They can then compound the vent rewards into our DAO to earn vent interest on their vent interest. Their secondary yield in mana, they'll earn mana on their mana which they can then restake to earn VEMP on their mana, of which they're already earning mana on their mana and VEMP on that mana. So essentially, the platform works to always have a place to compound. That way, it reduces sell pressure and it exponentially increases yield because if you keep on earning interest on interest on interest, then it will compound at every level. So the staking platform itself allows for users to compound a VEMP into the DAO by earning the VEMP yield, which we give to VEMP stakers, and then any secondary yield can be staked back onto the platform where you can earn more dual yield on your yield. So uh, the chain is only broken when uh, somebody sells uh, the yield, basically. So there's always something to bring it back into the ecosystem. Mm. And those returns that you get in, for like Sand and Manor, where those um, ecosystems, Sandbox and Decentraland, are quite early, where are those earnings coming from in, inside those worlds? Is, are you saying this is partly from, from land sales, but there's is there enough activity in those worlds at the minute that you're able to earn from playing, play to earn kind of structures and then bring it back into? Not particularly. Um, I'd say that the yields that we've paid out on Manor have been from buying and selling lands because they just don't have the gamification features. Uh, with Sand, for example, 
example, we've um, when they've had events where they've had like uh, their LP incentivization, where they bridged over to Matic, we staked the sand there, we distributed that. Uh, well, obviously, we had our sand builds, so we'd be able to earn an income from the assets there, which we'll be uh, redistributing soon. And yeah, Mana doesn't quite have the... The main area to earn at the moment is events, which is obviously a very early concept that we're still trying to affect before we start charging uh, money for it. Uh, in particular, we want to make sure that these things are fully built out before. So, uh, yeah, I'd say for Mano, it is tough at the moment. It's very much buy low, sell high. Sandbox is easier. It has much more gamification. But yeah, I mean, to get users onto uh, the platform, the reason why we've had the dual yield is, uh, you know, they'll still be earning between 10 to, to even 40% yield in Sand or mana, uh, so it's not bad. So they can uh, probably stomach the, the lower yield in uh, in sand and uh, mana until then. But eventually, you know, our emissions and our vent is sent and unlocked over twenty one years. Reason for that is in twenty years' time, we should have a more than healthy yield coming in from uh, all of those assets we've acquired over that period. I see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. It's good to understand a little bit more there. And um, coming to the end of end of the chat, really. But I guess just the final um, bit is, is just sort of looking ahead to the future and and whether um, there's any trends that you're watching closely at the moment, and any sort of little bits of alpha maybe for for someone who's listened uh, throughout who might be already part of your community and, and maybe know quite a lot of what we've talked about. Always alpha. I say at the moment we're just trying to take advantage of the conditions. Um, sounds bad, but whenever we have a big drawdown in the market, I'm always pitching low ball offers for like chip nfts because a lot of people panic and they will take exit liquidity when they're offered it because if they're panicking and somebody suddenly offers them a local offer sometimes they'll think fair enough i'll take that so i'd say yeah that'd be the biggest alpha is uh as warren buffett says be greedy when others are fearful mm, yeah all right good to, good to know for sure um yeah well dom thank you so much for, for coming on it's uh yeah it's fascinating to hear kind of how uh, the empire has been built and yeah how you're giving people access in this way so um appreciate you coming on and look forward to more events uh, in the space and uh yeah encourage people to come along to those because that was a lot of fun so uh, thank you so much and uh yeah appreciate you coming on thanks so much thanks for listening everyone so there we go really interesting chat with dom from the empire i continue to think that we're in this uh, very unique moment where uh, users of the internet if they want to can participate in ownership of the next phase of this into the metaverse which is uh, yeah pretty fascinating times uh, as always do your own research of course uh, but thank you very much to dom for coming on the show uh, i'll leave all the uh, links in the show notes to everything we've talked about and um, thank you as always to every realm for sponsoring the show and if you want to find out about that csgo major and the uh, vip package all links are in the show notes of course most of all thank you very much to you for listening uh, have a brilliant rest of your week and i'll catch you for next week's episode